I am a 10th degree dragon belt in ninjutsu. Oh, yeah, I've seen. I like how he can teach you Uzi. Is that the, is this the Uzi one? Yeah. Uzi? Learn learn to use. Oh, ninja Uzi. ninja ninja swords, bow staff, throwing throwing sharps, chain stick, flashing powder. A guy used the flashing powder. We can still see you. Look away. <laughs> was that a Pete Holmes skit on Batman? Yeah, he did some really good ones. Though my favorite one. Is the accent be gone? Okay. I have not. Is that a YouTube clip? Yes. I will look. I can. It is worth. It is worth watching. Accent be gone. Yeah. Or. Axagon. Uh. Yeah, that's yep. Action! Hi, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Probably wondering, where's my thick Austrian accent? Gone. Thanks to Axagon, the accent eliminating spray, it's terminated. Really? I One thing you need to know. Uh, uh, I thought that was good. Uh, yeah, it, it was great, but um, your accent creeped in a little bit, and we, we can't have any. Really? Yeah, just, just really. Axagon, the accent eliminating spray, it's terminated. Thanks to a revolutionary all natural throat spray. Oh, it works fast. Okay. Effective. Yeah. Uh, it happened again. Yeah? Yeah. So let's just start again. Okay, and. I don't know what you're hearing. And action. A revolutionary new throat spray called Axagon will completely eliminate your accent. Guaranteed. Okay, uh, really? After just two weeks of use, yeah, yeah, Axagon will completely eliminate... What? Axagon is a throat... I can do this. Let's start, let's start over. Check out some of these lines, accent-free. It's not a tumor. Get in the chopper. Cohagen, give them their air. Who is your daddy? And what does he yell? Who is your daddy? Who's your daddy? What Well, I hope you left enough room for my fist, because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and rip out your goddamn spine. That's good, right? With Axagon, I guarantee your accent will never say, I'll be back. Never say, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Your accent will never say. I personally... Yep, you know what? I'm glad I peed before watching. We are rolling and action. Well, action. <laughs> I am a governor of California. I'll be back. Axigan. Available at finer pharmacies. That's funny. It's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> This I I've I've he does a podcast and I don't know if I heard it on his, on his podcast or when he was on Nerdist or something, but apparently he did recording for that and they like recorded for like hours because they he kept cracking up he could not get through it and he thought just the whole thing was just a waste a lost cause whatever 
and basically someone was able to find the bits that could be used and and work them. It basically it was all in the editing on that one because he just could not keep a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> that. <yeah. laughs> just so funny. I'm the governor! Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Recording. I am recording. Thank you, Sting. I was going to say <laughs> we are recording, but they will never take our freedom. Our audio. <laughs> so, something like that. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Gibson. Cornholio? What? Audio. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Hello. December 2014, I'm your host, Gary Lam. Oh, episode 179. 179, that's 179 in Zeepsig. Uh, 179, y'all. That's <laughs> In case you missed that. I'm your host, Caroline, and with me this week are Dennis Lovers. Hello, hello, hello. And Greg Perrine. Happy Alfred Nobel Day. Really? Yes. Yeah, actually, uh, Malala got her uh, peace prize today. Oh. We call her Malala like we know her, but yeah. That's because I can't say her last name. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're stupid Americans. <laughs> and we'd call her Mal, but that's already taken up with Firefly, so... <laughs> Because you can't confuse the two. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Cool. What Though you never know what would have happened on season two. Exactly. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> I just found out that a really good friend of my sister's went to college with Joss Whedon. Like, was, and I was just like, damn you, damn you. But I'm still only one, one degree of separation from Joss Whedon. Did you ask... Did 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 you ever touch him? <laughs> oh, I didn't get that creepy. Did they, okay. did they take classes together? Or she yeah. happened to be at the same college. Because yeah. I've been to college with a lot of famous people. Yeah, they took classes <laughs> together. Excellent. Congratulations to your friend. Yes. <laughs> I guess that finishes up. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we got we got oh. some actual research topics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and a quizzy type thing. And a quizzy, a quizzy type, type thing. thing. Oh wait, there's a paper here. Yeah. Do you want to do the quizzy type thing now? Let's do the uh, sure. All yeah, right. No one gives a shit about our weeks. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll complain about things that have been going on the last couple of weeks. Sure. In throughout the show, and and uh, it'll be vastly entertaining, and will lead to many, many people le leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Yeah. Right. Leave a review, please. Fuckers. Yes. All right. So, um. Despite the fact that my co-hosts hate the quote-type quizzes with a passion, this one is fairly straightforward. It is back to the whole guess the guru idea, but it's a pretty simple yes or no question. Is the quote 
that you I'm going to read off from Goodreads.com attributed to uh, Deepak Chopra, or did it come from the Wisdom of Chopra automatic quote generating website? Oh, see, I thought Noper was Oprah, and so nope. we're gonna have to go between the two. <laughs> Which, you know, surprisingly enough, that I can see that, yeah. Yep, so maybe some other time we'll do something on Oprah, but this time it's Chopra! Okay. There are 16 quotes here, and um, I'm not going to alternate between Gary and Donna. I'm just going to give all 16 and give Gary and Donna both an opportunity to answer them all so they have statistically a chance of maybe getting more than half of them. I'll give you a clue. <laughs> there is an unequal amount of... Goodreads versus Wisdom of Chopra. So it's not 50-50. Okay. But that won't help you any other way. Yeah. Well, when you give somebody a Groot, who knows what that's going to happen. I see. Might grow in a little pot, do a little dance. Yeah. Make a little love. Get down tonight. I was afraid you were going to go there. All right. <laughs> Quote number one. I'm, I've been debating how I was going to read this. I'm certainly not going to read it in an Indian accent. How about an Indiana accent? I don't know an Indiana accent. I was considering like a... Like a New York and like number one, ask for nothing less than inspiration. Mm-hmm. So that's either Chopra or No Nopra. Correct. So Donna, it looks um, like you've you've marked it so far. What do you think? I'm gonna go with Chopra. Yep, I'm going with Chopra on that one. That is uh, that is correct. It was <laughs> attributed to him on Goodreads.com. Is he? Being a sidekick isn't as uh, easy as you think it is. You have to come up with the proper phrase. Yes! <laughs> that is correct! Yes, I, in many ways, I am my own sidekick. The problem I've been having with saying whether or not you're right or not is all I researched was, was this on Goodreads.com? I don't know if they got it right, but as far as I can tell, they're fairly good at their quotes, but maybe there's misattributed stuff here or there. All right, uh, number two, awareness is a reflection of the light of timelessness. It's the wisdom of the Chopra. Chopra. You think it's real? I think it's real. I'm afraid it is not. It is fake from the wisdomofchopra.com website. Number three, the purpose of life is the expansion of happiness. I'm going with Chopra. That's Chopra. Yes, it is. It is a actual Chopra quote. <clears throat> Number four, don't try to steer the river. And I don't think they're talking about steer like male uh, cow kind of bull type thing, but like turning. Are you sure? I mean, he is Indian. He does worship cows. But I don't think he's talking about not trying to rape the river. So. With, with a male with a bull. bovine. Yeah. So... Uh, hey, are Gary. you recording, by the way? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Just checking. Uh, I think that's also uh, Chopra. Chopra. It is Chopra. It is Chopra. Number five. You must find the place inside yourself where... I was afraid of showing you the guys that video beforehand we started. It's a tumor. <laughs> you must find the place inside yourself where nothing is impossible. That's a tough one. I'm going to say Chopra Factor. 
the wisdom of the Chopra. I still think that's Chopra. That is real honest to goodness Chopra. All right. Uh, number six. Matter is inside intrinsic sexual energy. Well, yeah, if you're doing it right. <laughs> I don't think Chopra said that, however. I think yeah. his website did. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisdom of the Chopra. That is a fake quote. Though he has had some stuff about sex and and uh, getting all intimate and all that kind of stuff, but uh, that was not by him. Number seven, the healthiest response to life is joy. And it has nothing to do with my ex-roommate's current wife. Whose name Are was, you sure? Whose name was is Joy. Okay. Just if you were checking. Does your ex-roommate listen to this podcast? No. And you Does guys don't know. anybody who know your ex-roommate listen to Probably this? not. <laughs> okay. Just making but sure. you're just covering your bases. I'm reading Chopra, so I have to make sure the universe understands what I meant. Oh, sure. Well, you realize that um, matter is inside intrinsic sexual <laughs> Well, yes, clearly. Wait, where are we? Oh, the uh, healthiest, healthiest response. response to love is life is joy. Yeah, that's, that's Chopra. Chopra. That is real Chopra. At any given time, the universe is giving you the best result possible. I think that's Chopra as well. I'm going to go wisdom of the Chopra. That is real Chopra. Mm. Emotional intelligence is reborn in a symphony of chaos. Wisdom of the Chopra. I'll go with him. It is fake Chopra. Yeah, I think I actually received that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a truly uh, random sentence generator that website or if it just has like a hundred of these and i think it's a little bit of both because i've got uh received some that are similar okay yeah Yeah. uh number 10 in the midst of movement and chaos keep stillness inside of you Uh, chopra i think i think that's the wisdom it is real chopra sorry gary damn it You've been doing pretty well so far. But that was the first one I yeah, missed. Yeah. yeah, not so much. Number 11. Nature quiets the doorway to belonging. Yeah, I think that's the wisdom of Chopra as well. Wisdom of Chopra. That is fake Chopra. Very good, guys. Number 12. Nothing brings down walls as surely as acceptance. Chopra. Chopra. Real Chopra. Number 13. The more boundless your vision, the more real you are. <laughs> Chopra. Chopra. Real Chopra. <laughs> Number 14. What keeps life fascinating is the constant creativity of the soul. That would be Chopra as well. Yeah. All right. That's real Chopra. You will be transformed by what you read. Also Chopra, because he's got to be selling his books. Yeah. Yep, that's real Chopra. The mind explores positive potentiality. The mind explores <laughs> positive potentiality. <laughs> that would be wisdom of Chopra. Yep. It is fake Chopra. You guys did really well on that quiz. I missed one. I missed three. But still. That's that's pretty damn good. I mean, there were one, two, three, four, five, only five fake ones in there. So I was hoping to kind of catch you up there with a little bit more, well, there must be more fake, but uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the quotes that that the wisdom of Chopra do tend to be a little bit more on the metaphysical and weird side. Mm-hmm. The, the quotes that Chopra has sound like someone who might be actually saying yeah, something. Yeah, they sound like that character from uh, Mystery Men. 
Yes. Who was training the Sphinx. The Sphinx, the Sphinx thank yeah. you. Who would basically just say one thing and then reverse it to make it wisdom. Or does the, the wrongness of your right is found in the right of your wrongness. Sorry. Yeah, that kind of a lot of Chopra's sayings really kind of fake or otherwise fall under I, that okay, category. I love that movie. I no, I I I had a very positive experience with that particular movie because it was I saw it the day before I went that I moved overseas. Uh-huh. And I'd had like the worst possible day and at nine o'clock at night, even though I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go see a movie. And I went and saw Mystery Men and I sat for an hour and a half and I just laughed. And so now <laughs> I have a, a very positive memory of It's a shame it sucks so much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it, like it. It had fun. moments, it's, it's just not consistently great throughout the entire film, but it it's fun, yeah. I I love the shoveler. Yes. I have a shovel and I shovel well. Yes. <laughs> I think I think all the characters were fun. And I and was the really the boy who is only invisible when you don't look at him. him. That's okay. And it's got Eddie Izzard. There you go. Yeah. Dancing in seventies disco. <laughs> so that was what mid nineties, probably that 90- movie. Seven or ninety-eight. Yeah, so uh, you young kids who are just in, out of your teens now, and for some reason listening to us old folks, yeah, watch it. It's probably on Netflix or something like that. It's worth a watch. It yeah. was before CGI really hit. <laughs> All practical effects, and before uh, Janine Garofalo got like a thousand tattoos. Does she have tattoos? I don't know. She has a bunch. Okay. Mm. Does that disturb you? No, I Is just she thought, no longer a mateable material? No, I thought she was cuter then, but uh, it doesn't matter. I don't know so her. So what I'm, you're saying is is that you're anti-tattoo? Not necessarily. I'm just not big on tattoo. No, he actually liked Fantasy Island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw a highlighter at you if you do that again. <laughs> a highlighter? Isn't that one of those things from Dune? No, but if I throw it hard enough... It could hit escape velocity and leave the surface of the Earth and go out into space. It's quite possible. It would take quite a bit to do that, however. But we've so, done that uh, in the past. And we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. Well, all the us, bloody time. Yes. Uh, well, not us. We don't. <laughs> we don't really have the infrastructure. But like the United States, for example, just flung an Orion space capsule up there and to see what it would do. Yeah, too bad that well. Too bad there weren't any people in there, but no. Given that it was a first test, probably a good thing. But the cool thing is that the Orion capsule will hold one more person (laughs) than the Apollo capsule, so which doesn't sound like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) like so, it would still suck if two people could only go onto the lunar module or something, and two people were left orbiting the moon rather than just one guy. Yeah. And they have to fight and cars shooting at cars. And you have to open the thing and let them out. And oh, well, I'm sorry, you, you just created this whole movie in your head, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. So, and I'm sitting here figuring out how to film it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm trying to figure out how to stick a mandolin in there somewhere. So, yes. So, so the, so, um, <laughs> in space, no one can hear your mandolin. <laughs> That'll be on a t-shirt sometime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little gravity thing and she's playing the band. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> as we may or may not know, uh, what was your 2014? Yeah, it's the 10th of December, 2014. The United States is trying to go to Mars. Eventually. Eventually. But they don't have the, the, the current capability to do so. Or, well, to send a person to Mars, let's put it, or peoples to Mars. And the Orion capsule is supposed to be what's going to send <laughs> four people to Mars. Uh, eventually four people and it's really it's it's a little bigger than the um um than the apollo type capsules yeah and the apollo that was tiny yeah but yeah i'm gonna say that's really i mean i've been to the air and space museum in dc yeah Yeah. that's for like what's the optimistic six month travel to mars when it's lined up correctly that's a long time i would i would imagine it would have to be like the capsule that brings a whole bunch of workers up to the moon to build a bigger spaceship that we launch at yeah, Mars. Think but... that would be the plan. <laughs> but at least Orion, part of its plans, in addition to Mars, which was Taking the fir- four people who are just going to be bitching the entire way <laughs> because you know there's going to be somebody going... Over there, yeah. Turn off the damn blinker, Grandpa. The blinker is... <laughs> just... Come on. <laughs> Well, they they it's picked, like, but that's how how will we know that space spaceships will see us? We have to have the blinker on. But they picked four people so that it wouldn't be like two people pairing off and then one person left on their own lonesome. So what you're saying is it's one person in a threesome. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, because yeah, because that can yeah, happen. There's, there's a porn movie waiting to happen. I don't think that's the reason. I'm just talking about your average natural social situation where people have a tendency to kind of pair off. Even in just conversation circumstances, whatever. And Where, having one okay. person left out would suck. But I, here's the question, though. If it's in something that fucking small, how are they going to pair up? Because it's not like you could go across the well, room. Okay. They're going to turn their head. Well, okay. That's not for, really ignoring all, they're it. Not, they're not going to be stuck in this capsule for six months. There's, there's going to be something attached to the capsule. Oh, right. Like a lander module like we had. Well, in no, that is the lander module. This is, there, there's going to be a larger portion okay. uh, that they will be traveling in. So they're not going to be stuck in this small thing. They'll just be able to do four people going down in the, in the module. <laughs> yeah, Harpo got that um, double entendre there, Gary. So... so so what you're saying is somebody... We've really gone off track here. <laughs> yes, really. Okay, so they're trying to go to the moon. They're trying to go to Mars. They need something that will be able to get back into the atmosphere, especially for going to the moon and traveling. So this is the first time since 1972 that they've sent a, a vehicle up beyond low Earth orbit. So they actually sent it up beyond the ISS and beyond... The, oh, the, the Orion test? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. They, they kicked that circle out there. It went around the uh, the Earth uh, twice, and then came back. So, um, yeah, it was 15 times further out than the ISS. Cool. In fact. That's pretty cool. That <laughs> is cool. So, um, they were basically testing the crew module and the service module, the launch abort system, and the Orion to stage adapter, the parachute deployments, the hardware separation. They were seeing how much radiation gets into the cabinet. Uh, cabinet. Cabin. Yes. Cabin. Uh, and so they were just is an unmanned test and automated. And so they were just checking it out. Unfortunately, it's going to be like three years before they actually have a rocket that will be able to lift humans up in it. Right. 
because they used the ULA United Launch Alliance Delta Four heavy rocket. Right. But uh, I, I love the 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 name that was given in the article I found on this for the the one that they really want to use, which is NASA's Space Launch System Mega Rocket. Mega Rocket. <laughs> they called it the Mega Rocket, but yeah. I don't know I if that's its, its official part. name because it wasn't capitalized, the mega part, but... Yeah. I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't think it is. I think they have sets Just the, the SLS, but yeah, I mean, they they need the bigger boost because apparently, I mean, there are going to be a few more test flights in, in, again, testing like the emergency escape system and yeah. stuff like that, but they're thinking, what was it, 2017 or 18, they're going to send an unmanned test flight essentially around the moon. And that'd be great, like, finally trying to get away from even not low Earth orbit, just away from Earth orbit. But see, this is what I don't get. If I recall correctly, the Apollo missions were sent up. You had your, your crew module and your service module that were sent up together. The crew module would separate. That was the Apollo that, mm -hmm. that was the Apollo lander. And then it would turn around and dock, redock. I don't understand why they don't send, like, a crew module up. And then a booster up, dock that, and then send the crew module up. Or so I said service module and the booster, and then the crew module, and then have it all dock. And then you don't need have to have this huge rocket. You can have some smaller rockets that get you positioned, and then use that to go. Mm -hmm. Which is what you would kind of do when if you had to base on the moon. You'd get people to the moon, and then they'd little go for the moon. Right, because the moon with the low gravity and the... Makes it easier to launch yeah. crap off of there. <laughs> Why don't they? I don't know. Anyway. We should put you in charge of NASA, Gary. You'd think so. But I wouldn't do it. Anyway, <laughs> I understand. Maybe there's some... some maybe it's, it's even more expensive to set up two rockets rather than the one. I don't know. It could, it cost, it could possibly be costs. Because setting up one big rocket rather than two slightly smaller ones... Maybe so save a couple of billion. Well, maybe this cost four hundred and thirty billion dollars. It it may be the kind of thing billion. where event uh, most plans that I've heard for going to Mars will essentially mean that we shoot off like five or six supply modules that will land on Mars and make sure, sure that those don't blow up on the landing, and then we send the astronauts. Well, yeah, to you're gonna have to, to you're gonna to have get to there. stage something there. But basically, if you have one rocket that you can use for all of those, you don't have to special design lots of different rockets That's for lots point. of different you, but purposes. You wouldn't, you're right, but yeah. you wouldn't necessarily need a super huge one. You could build one just to get outside the atmosphere I and agree. then another one yeah. that would. So it has to be but, – but perhaps you do need one that large anyway just to get the bloody thing up there in the first place. Well, kind of like I've, I've always fuel, wondered example. not knowing physics as well as maybe some other people that we know. Well – why don't we have some sort of airplane-launched space system where we get it off the ground with an airplane that can go as far as it can go up in the atmosphere and then have a booster that just takes the next thing up? Well, it, Why does it always have to be land-based launches? Yeah. yeah. I, and, well, I, I think that that has to do more with – because I'd actually read this oh, God, years ago, and I wish we've asked this question before. <laughs> um, you still need that much – uh, power to get out of the gravity well anyway. Okay. So you might as well start and just pop it out. Okay. Because uh, the low Earth orbit stuff, like the SpaceX and or not, the, uh, Spaceship One and stuff like that, those are only going just be at the limits of the atmosphere, and so they can use a small plane. But 
And you would still need rocket. just as much energy to lift it up from there. Yeah. Where at the ground, you can have at least the Newtonian kind of reaction and of just pushing against a solid object to yeah. la- launch kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. So just makes. Sure. Just, just if you know, please, please, yeah, us please, know. because just exposing the anthropologist all the lis- here completely lost, yeah. completely exposing all my ignorance to all the listeners. That's I'm comfortable in my ignorance. There's plenty of things I just don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the, so we we talked about going to Mars. The other mission that that they may have with it is going to an asteroid and bringing an, an asteroid back, and that would be pretty cool, right? But that wasn't the only cool thing that happened this week. Oh, by the way, it it did it successfully. Yes, that's the important part. Yes, let's. It, it wasn't like that. Let's Rus- applaud that. <laughs> it wasn't like that Russian-made rocket that blew up last month or the month before. Yeah, right. It's uh, a new rocket. We're still testing the the bits and pieces, but we've learned a lot of lessons over the last right. forty some years. And the and the module came back completely intact, as far as we know, because I can't find any data on how well it did. All I know right. is that the parachutes deployed and they got it. They got it. I, I know <laughs> there's like they are. They're talking about over a thousand different onboard sensors for everything from like radiation to shock treatment or whatever. Right. But um, electroshock treatment. <laughs> I remember seeing somewhere, and I couldn't find it in time for air, that there was some talk about maybe not this test flight, but a future test flight talking about a soft landing on a craft at um, out at sea. Oh, well, that's actually SpaceX okay. that is testing one of the... Uh, God, what it's, what's it called? Um, it, they, they've been doing some really cool tests with... Basically, it's it's an it's a inverted pendulum problem, and they're going to try and send it up and then land it on a platform in the ocean. And right. that's actually coming up, I think, like next month or something. And there's a, there's a couple of problems that they're going to have with that because there's a safety problem and there's a legality problem uh, because it's in, an, in, in international waters and stuff. So they're going to be pushing the boundaries on that. But what they've been doing is really cool. Now, the, the one problem I see is that landing on a flat surface is different from landing, landing on, on, say, rocks. Or, or, or on a continually moving platform right. that is not flat. Okay. That's so I'm I'm interested in that because it has to be really bloody calm waters for it to get purchased unless there's something that I don't know about this platform that's going to be able to capture Maybe it gets this close thing. enough and then a claw comes out and grabs yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really interested in seeing what what their design of this thing sort is. Sort of like what was supposed to happen with the the thing that landed on the comet. Because uh, the, it was supposed to land and hook. sink yeah. itself. But right. it bounced and like twisted, and so it couldn't. <laughs> the the spaceship stops like a hundred feet above the platform, and then they just lower rope ladder. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Which they can do. I mean, should they did it on Mars? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what what their idea is. And and of course, I'm thinking in my brain that they're on the ocean with these giant swells. It could be they're just going to be off the shore, maybe without you know where there are no waves or there's small waves. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so that's SpaceX. That's coming up next month. Cool. Um, the New Horizons Pluto mission woke up this week. Uh, it was launched in uh, January of 2006. It's going to get to Pluto uh, about the 15th of July, 2015. That's next year, about seven months away. But it's been in hibernation for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And they sent the wake-up signal, and it woke up. 
and Yay. it's working great. Now it's it's like been in and out of hibernation, yeah, several times since it launched, and this is like the last time it wakes up before it gets to Pluto. That's right, because it flew by Jupiter and took some pictures of Jupiter, and it flew by. So it was doing tourist things, what you're saying? Yeah, and it flew by an asteroid one three two five two four APL. Uh, and then it flew by Jupiter after that and got a gravity assist. Uh, the cool thing about the New Horizons po- probe, beside uh, the cool thing about the New Horizons mission, is one it, it was the, had the highest launch speed of any satellite or anything going out uh, previously. So in addition to the gravity boost we've tried to given it, we launched it from Earth the fastest we've launched yeah. anything. Exactly, that's pretty cool. Um, it's described as a grand piano glued to a cocktail bar sized satellite, <laughs> which is cool, I guess. It's gone almost 3 billion miles away from Earth. It costs $650 million, which is like. That's a drop in the bucket compared to over, yeah. over, over 15 cheap. years. 15 years. And this, this last launch with the, with the uh, uh, Orion costs, I, th- I thought, $430 million. Just for that one mm-hmm. thing. Well, plus the cost of the stuff. So that's, you know, $43 million per year for to get to Pluto. Not too bad. Yeah. Also, it was partially built here in San Antonio at Southwest Research Institute. And the lead investigator on that is here at Southwest Research. When it left, Pluto was still a planet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some of the team still say that it's still it's a planet. Also, interestingly, on the way there, they discovered two more moons of Pluto. Right. And they've done the math, and they figure on a current trajectory, it has a 0.3% chance of actually getting Hitting into problems. Hitting one of those? Okay. So, so we should be all right. And when, we, when this comes around, I'm sure that we'll, we'll uh, say, but it's got a CD with 430,000 names on it, a piece of scaled composites, Spaceship One. Uh, U.S. flag, an ounce of Clyde Tombow's ashes. Clyde Tombow is the person who originally discovered Pluto. Oh, in awesome! That is that is really awesome. Yeah, uh, it's got a uh, Florida State Florida State quarter coin, and it's being used as trim weight, so it's not just stuck in there. It's actually, <laughs> but uh, the Florida coin has uh, something about space exploration. Yeah, it's, it's got the Cape Canaveral um, site on it, so. I do know that it's even though it's not really going to get right to Pluto by like July, like it it's like seventeen hundred miles away. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're saying that as early as January, they're going to really going to be able to start doing some science and getting some good pictures. Because apparently, I I knew this, but I have to be reminded every time that we don't really actually have any good pictures of Pluto. I remember. That uh, I had a, a science book as a kid that talked about the various planets and, you know, it, it were fun things like, you know, if you took the planet Saturn and put it in a glass of water, it would actually float because of the density, mm-hmm. all those kind of fun little topics. And I remember seeing a little asterisk next to Pluto and you look at the bottom and says, this is actually a picture of like, I think it was like Ganymede or Io or something. <laughs> one of, one of um, the moons? moons of Jupiter, because there are even back then, but obviously since then there have there have been any good pictures of Pluto. The, the the best picture we have is by the Hubble, and it's like four pixels across. Right. And and I know a lot of people say, well, wait a minute. Hubble is able to take these grand pictures of Nebula so far away. The best way I've thought to describe it is, well, that's like your camera taking a picture of like a mountain yeah. across the valley 
whereas Pluto is a bug flying in front of your camera. No, it's, it's more like <laughs> taking a picture of the Grand Canyon and trying to pick out a specific rock yeah. on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Or, it, the, it, or the eye color of somebody. But it, which it, you can the, do yeah. in CSI. The, so. the metaphor yeah. I was going for was just that Pluto is so much closer and so much smaller right. that the, the, the lenses can't really focus on just it. Right. And nebulae are light years across. Right. And further away, so you're able to basically focus on it and stay on it for days to capture all those electrons that are coming out of it rather than Pluto, which might just be reflecting a little bit. It's a dark object problem dark as well. Oh, nice. Good good call. Dark object project. Yes. Yeah. Um, so when it, finally, completely ignorant. when it finally gets to Pluto, we're going to have a massively fast download speed of one kilobit per second. <laughs> And it's going to take four and a half hours one way to get here. So what you're saying is that it's original AOL speed. Uh, less than AOL. <laughs> More like uh, British Telecom, if I understand the jokes correctly. <laughs> Richard, tell us. Yes. Uh, the other cool thing, another cool mission, the Dawn mission is getting close to its destination about the same time. Actually, before New Horizons meets... Pluto, the Dawn mission is going to get to Ceres, uh, which is an Seriously? Asteroid. Yeah, seriously. That was la launched. That was launched. <laughs> that was launched after the New Horizons probe in 2007. And it has visited uh, the, the asteroid Vesta in 2011. And it orbited. It was one of the first things that, first time any we have ever orbited. An asteroid. Okay. Uh, so it orbited Vesta from uh, July 2011 until September 5th, 2012, and went to two high orbits and one low orbit. And I'm not saying once, but it had uh, three different stages that it went through. So it went around a few times and yeah. then broke back out of orbit. And then they broke out back and then sent it to Ceres. That's pretty damn cool. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, so that'll be uh, next year that we're going to get some stuff. Actually, uh, April, I think, of next year. Uh, I was going into detail, going to, I, I did a whole bunch of research on that, but really, um, a lot of the meteorites that we find on Earth are allegedly from Vesta. Just this one Just asteroid. Just this one. It's like, it's like big, and there was a huge collision, there was a huge collision on the back end, so we learned a lot from this, but the composition of it, it matches the composition of a lot of the... The stones that we find. So it Earth. not only is it big, and there was a relatively recent collision, it's also close enough to the Earth orbit that the particles just got pushed in our way. Yeah, you yeah. can probably look at it that yeah. way. Because <laughs> if it was closer to, say, Jupiter or something, that would draw in all that, and we wouldn't sure. see any of it. Sure. So March, April, we'll get some pictures from Ceres. Oh, geez, I forgot about New Horizons. Uh, so... We, no, you spent like 10 minutes yeah, on New Yeah, I know, but it's flying... Oh, something else. Yes, okay. it's flying past Jupiter. It's flying past Pluto. And then it's going to go visit uh, something else out in the Cooper Belt. Kuiper Belt? Kuiper Belt, whatever you want to call it. Because when, when sure you pronounced it, it sounded a lot like Pooper Belt. Cooper. Kuiper. Kuiper. <laughs> Kuiper Belt, whatever. So, and they finally figured out the most likely thing that it's going to... Uh, meat, which, which is, is one moment. Drum roll, please. Uh, potential target one. 
<laughs> is going to be blah 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 blah. Well, are you talking about just that you've got Pluto, but also it's it's kind of it's eventual sister planet moon Charon that they they kind of co-orbit each other. No. Okay. No. So another object in addition. Yeah, because to that. it's just flying past Pluto. It's not going to go into orbit around Pluto. New yeah. Horizons would. So they have a thing called. It's, it's, they're just calling it potential target one. <laughs> <laughs> PT one parentheses one 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 zero one one three Y. Why? Because we love you. Exactly. And that should be encountered on January two thousand nineteen. I seem to remember when New Horizons was first launched that. There was a lot of talk of, well, since we don't know so much of what's out there in the Kuiper Belt, that we're going to have to figure out what we're going to see almost once we get there. Yep. And there was a lot of citizen science efforts to kind of analyze what's out there in the Kuiper Belt and compare pictures and stuff like that to do the like two-plate yeah. comparisons to see what else is there out there that what, we could what, look what, at. What's yeah. different from one to the other? Yes. <laughs> Pick out the differences, children. The, the old-style astronomy of... Well, these two plates were taken a day apart. Is there anything different that kind of, oh, look, I found a comet, that kind of stuff of, of seeing, well, what else can we visit so that they would basically be adjusting New Horizons trajectory along the way if they needed like a tiny 0.0001% deviation so they could hit this other thing too. So yeah, sounds like they have some other objects in mind. Yes, they do. So that was pretty exciting and fact when was that released that was um october 15th is when they they kind of announced what it was so it doesn't have a name it's just called pt1 well um so the I more we learn about that area that that cold frozen wasteland yeah, of is, we, we thought was nothing but it's got neat stuff yes it yeah. does and then the the probe that went to venus has finally basically burned out yeah european space agency yes it's it's on its well, last they, legs. It, they believe that the reason they're not getting anything is because it's finally used up all of its fuel. Right. Because they air-braked it in Venus's orbit, and then we're trying to raise it back up to a higher orbit, and realized, oh, we're out of fuel, that kind of thing. Well, they, well, they did that, but they lost contact, tact. and then they got it back and realized that, yes, the solar panels are pointing at the sun. Uh, so it's basically, it's just dying. It's yeah. been out there. It was supposed to be a, a two year yeah. mission with a four year, uh, with a two year extension. And it's been out there eight years. Yeah. yeah. It arrived there in mid 2006. Yeah. April, so 2006. Pretty and then, damn good. You know, but they are trying to actually hopefully get enough so they can download the last of the information yeah. from it. it. It may be something like the dish is not entirely pointed. Right. right They're at not Earth. really sure what's going on with it. But like I said, I mean, it's outlasted. They're not sure how much propellant remains on board, but they know that it can't be much. But it also, like I said, it did that that drop and then spin sort of maneuver that I, I apparently wasted a lot of propellant. It wasn't that a dance move in the 80s? Yeah. It's also what basketball players do before they take a shot. Aha. Uh-huh. And then Curiosity may have found more evidence of water. Yes. Which was kind of interesting. Well, so, are... so the doctor was right, and there is water on Mars. <laughs> so, um, there's been a lot out about uh, the, uh, Mount Sharp. I think yes, it is. yes, Mount it Sharp, is. and they did, couldn't figure out why it was there. I always thought that meteorite craters or meteor craters had like a, a central dome anyway, but apparently that's not the case. And or at so, least in this instance, in this instance, and so it looks to be uh, a layer cake. 
and it's probably set down by sediment from successive lakes yeah, yeah thank you uh, i was gonna say like maybe seasonal or whatever but it, w- it would fill up of lakes drain fill up drain or right. or or, or uh, uh evaporate. evaporate right it's that the layered mountain is made of different kinds of sediment some layers were probably deposited by a surrounding lake bed while others seem to be re- the result of river or wind deposits well pretty much like the earth right you know i mean because that's one of the ways that we we date things is where do you find it in the stratigraphy? Yeah. And that's and when he, anthropologists have to hang out with geologists. <laughs> and it's usually not pretty. And there's some neat pictures actually from the rover of this layered rock. And you can see the, 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 the how it was laid out and stuff like that. And they, they think some of it may point to Mars having a heavier or stronger atmosphere, which would have led to the allowance to have liquid water on Mars because the, the bigger blanket of atmosphere would have kept water warm yeah. so that it could do this washing away and depositing sediment and stuff like that. Yep. And from what I understand in my limited knowledge, I think it's the idea that just millions of years of erosion of the atmosphere from solar winds is what left to with without the gravity to hold it in and, and not as much of a, a magnetic shield meant that it just kept losing atmosphere or year or decade or millennia exactly so uh that's cool a new asteroid was found uh you Mm -hmm. are 116 by the russians master mobile astronomical system of telescope robots which are 400 millimeter robot uh, optical telescopes in space put up there by the russians over the last couple uh 2002 uh till this year. But recently they're considering changing their name to Missy. Perhaps or Slate. And this is a big asteroid. It's, 350 me- it's 370 meters in diameter. And it crosses Earth's uh, orbit, which makes it a danger. But it's not going to hit anytime soon, as far as we can tell. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> now, here's an interesting thing. Did you know that there is another Dawn spacecraft out there? No, so, so Dawn is the one that visited uh, Vesta in series. Japan launched one called Akatsuki, which means Dawn, <laughs> and it was supposed to orbit Venus. Oh. But it failed its insertion orbit in 2010, and it's been kind of just drifting along. A, yeah, but it's going to, they're going to try and reinsert it into orbit on November of 2015. So, though we will lose our current Venus one, we might have a, another one. But unfortunately, I don't think it's as, it's as advanced because it's just looking for uh, lightning stuff and, and clouds and sort of composition. So we'll learn something from it. But well, one of the more fascinating things about Venus is its atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah. So it's cool. And, and of course, I don't know if I mentioned it, but they're going to throw the current Venus orbiter down onto the into venus and see how long it takes it to break up and they lose information so that'll be cool if they decide to do that um, so what you're saying is that they're just going to throw their trash away and nobody's going to be there to clean it up yeah pretty much cool well speaking of trash that nobody cleaned up we got some bodies and 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 bones and yep. and and grave sites to talk about as well well just one there there's been more information come out about the Richard III discovery. So long story short, and I know we've talked about this before, 
he was basically found in a, a parking lot. Under a parking lot. Yeah, yeah. they they basically <laughs> raised the parking he lot. He wasn't just sitting there asking for a directions quid or something. Yeah, right. In in Leicester, and I did check on how to say that. <laughs> like I literally googled Not how to <laughs> how to pronounce. It's not Leicester. Leicester, Leicester. Um, so some of the, like the studies are, are coming out and one of the big things that has always kind of bothered people, did Richard the third or his brother were one of them illegitimate because the rumors are that they didn't look like each other. One in Richard the third in a lot of paintings is painted as very sullen and sour with dark hair and dark eyes. And apparently according to his DNA, he had a 77 chance of being blonde and a 96 or 98% chance of being blue-eyed, basically matching his brother. Hmm. So there's been a lot of controversy, but basically he was killed in combat and then just basically buried and kind of forgotten about. Well, the one other thing we do know about his looks is that he also was not a hunchback, is what we found out from the bones. So they, but a lot of the propagandists who didn't like Richard III. Like Shakespeare. Painted him very, very dour, very dark, very sort of, you know, the brown-headed stepchild sort of thing. So this started on this rumor that he was not an official part of the royal lineage. But if he's blonde and blue-eyed, maybe he was? was. But what it turns out to find out is that they went through the mitochondrial DNA and they confirmed up that he follows along the royal line along... The maternal side. Very easy to do. Now, the royal records are very meticulous as to who was born when and where and from whom and everything else. Apparently, somebody somewhere in those lines was a lion. Because <laughs> so maybe they pulled like a Heath Ledger from that um, that that movie Knight's where he Tale. was Knight's Tale thing, where okay. he pretended to be a knight. Right. Only... Somewhere in the lines, the paternal line is actually broken up because they found relatives that would be related to him paternally. So they found five people. One, they went, dude, we know you think that you're related to the royal family. We got bad news for you. You're not. <laughs> that would be the mitochondrial DNA, right? No, that would be Y-DNA. Y-DNA. I was, I was listening to this on a, a Science Friday. Right. Uh, while driving around, so so yeah, I got the reversed. Mitochondrial DNA follows through the mother's line. Right. The Y DNA only follows through the male line, which right. is why you know you guys have an X and a Y chromosome, and I only have the double X because okay. you guys have the defective X chromosome <laughs> in there. <laughs> the one little piece broke off, and that's yeah, why we have the one little we, extra piece down we below. We, we don't talk about. But, so when they started going through these other four that they could definitively link historically. After Richard III or before Richard III? That's where the question lies, is where they don't know where the line was broken. So they don't know who lied. But uh, who who were they comparing Richard III to? Four modern day individuals. Okay, that's what I was asking. So there's four modern day individuals that they can direct line to basically... Richard III's grandfather. Gotcha. So they went all this way back. And their D- their Y-DNA and Richard III's Y-DNA, not a match. Huh. So that means somewhere 
either from Richard III's father down, somebody lied or several people lied. <laughs> about... I'm guessing it's the latter because I've seen a lot of those period pieces. There was a lot of uh, a lot of humping and a bumping going, going on. <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> But given the statistics, it's actually probably more modern day because, you know, you get more and more descendants, more and more chances of this false paternity event. I really <laughs> love how they phrase that. It's a false paternity event. event. You know, but like I said, it, it is confirming that he was part of the royal line. They have confirmed that there's actually only one painting of him that is considered realistic. Okay. Have yeah, they because, done like a facial reconstruction thing? No. Okay. Most of the skull is actually probably too broken up. That's sad. To, to actually do a reconstruction. You actually have to have major portions not in pieces. Unlike what they show on the TV show Bones. <laughs> Whatever. You, know, it, it, you don't just actually get to... If it's in a thousand pieces, you can't just puzzle Virtually it Virtually glue together. it together. Yeah. Could yeah. be able to. I don't see why not. But like I said, it's this interesting because they've proven now they're 99.99% sure that this is Richard III. Which there was some holdout of it may not be, you know, mm -hmm. we cannot confirm everything. But now with that mitochondrial DNA, they're going the likelihood yeah. of it being anybody else. Because before it could have just been some noble or just a, right. a knight or something that was never officially buried, just left in a battlefield or something. It could have been almost anybody, but more and more pieces of evidence are right. pointing in that direction. So like I said, they've, they've positively identified the king in the car park. That's how he's being known now. <laughs> as as Richard III, who died in the Battle of Bosworth in uh, 1485. All of the known works, all of the known art of him, mostly was done like 25 to 30 years past his death. So like the, Jesus. And, yeah, pretty much. So there's, like I said, there's this really interesting, and like I said, you have this false paternity, which we recently had this big scandal. In fact, it was kind of all over the news today about LeBron James touching Kate Middleton and all how you're not thing. supposed to, oh, it's the royal blood and you're not supposed to, mm, you know. Well, guess what? Apparently people <laughs> were touching the <laughs> royal blood. <laughs> A little bit more literally. Yeah. yeah. But it's also now, you know, it does raise into that. What if it goes back far enough that it would actually legally affect like the, the lines of monarchy? Because, and I'm not exactly sure how the whole uh, paternity of the queen is, you know, the, who, it's who diddled who. It's not going to change anything. Right. It's not <laughs> going to. But it's, it's one of those, like, you can look at him and go, hmm. You were dibbling with the commoners. I guess LeBron I can tell James by your forehead. can touch you. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever the hell it was or, that touched you. Or it'll you. make uh, Prince Charles even more pissed off that he didn't get to be king earlier. Exactly. Oh, no. Prince Charles is definitely a royal line. <laughs> Never mind. But like I said, it's this really interesting thing because the, the royal lines are so detailed into who, you know, who begat who. Mm -hmm. Then to have this come up of going... I don't think so. <laughs> but they, they do think that whoever this was, was probably some other noble. Probably. Just because, is it just because the, 
the nobles didn't mix socially with commoners just at all? Or is it just, Well, I mean, there was... A queen would never fuck the stable boy kind of stuff. I don't know. You don't know. That's the thing. (laughs) Most likely it is a noble because they would have more access. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I guess Richard III's father was known for going out on... I don't know how to put this, I guess, adventure or something. You sort of, you know, oh, look, I'm going to go out and see what's going on over here. And apparently after the first or second child frequently left the queen alone quite a bit. And there's there's always been rumors that one of the brothers was sired by somebody else. But there's throughout history, there have been those rumors about most every royal. A lot of times that comes from politics of not wanting someone to come into power and disgrace someone. Right. But the hardest part about tracing it all the way back to Richard III, though, is Richard III himself did not leave any heirs. Or actually, his son died before he did. Gotcha. So you can't direct... So you're literally going through cousins and going... Because the mitochondrial in the Y DNA don't change that much like nuclear DNA does. I mean, you got we all have different nuclear DNA than our parents, but both of you share the Y DNA of your father and your grandfather on your father's side and his father's father and so Is on that and so why forth. I ask yeah. why so much? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Gary, 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 Gary. What? <laughs> why? So the the only way we're really gonna know for sure is to go back with a a basically a cheek swabbing kit and a time machine yes. and test all the royals back the last yes, several years. Yes, we need the doctor. Years. We yes. need the doctor. Cuz I want to be a companion. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for your madman on a blue box, aren't exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> I I do think there were a couple other skeletal type stories. Did you want to hit those this there week? There is well, they're talking about the vampires of Venice. Which, once again, you can tie into a Doctor Who episode. (laughs) But these were, it wasn't like skeletons were found with big fangs and pointed ears. Right, they had stuff like stuck in their necks and mouths when they were buried. Turns out they were cholera victims. Okay. So they buried a cholera victim with like a sickle by their neck or a brick in their mouth. Yeah. Because they They thought. They figured that they were going to come back and infect everybody else. Okay. So not a vampire, but a zombie. Yeah. Basically, they figured that they were sort of vampire-esque and going to come back. So that since they were, those people were at risk from this death of cholera, well, they better take all the precautions and, Mm -hmm. you know, bury them upside down and, you know, with weird placement of the hands and very... So maybe it was an Ebola type situation where they didn't realize how infectious a dead body could be. Pretty much. And thought, well, this person died and they died weeks ago, but now someone's getting sick. The body must have arisen or some silly superstition like that. Okay. Like dragons, like every culture has a dragon. Every culture has a vampire story. Basically what they are worried, what people were worried about was, you know, an epidemic sweeps through and all of these people die What's the worst? I mean, we kind of have an obsession with zombies, mm-hmm. you know, coming back from the dead, like from a massive virus thing. It's basically the same principle. So they were all like, okay, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure these guys stay in the ground. The only thing that they could really equate it to would be vampire. Something supernatural. Yeah. Because yeah. they just didn't know any better. 
But they also, in ancient lore, a person was at risk for becoming a vampire if they were, you know, unbaptized, died a violent death, was the first one killed in an epidemic, or an outsider from the local area. So if you get one person dies and then, like, a bunch die, they're like, fuck, vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank goodness our society has changed and we no longer blame immigrants for all our problems. (laughs) Yeah, right. We just blame the gays. Oh, right. We're in Texas. <laughs> Damn it! Who have I who, who have I been blaming then? <laughs> well, as Donna just mentioned, a lot of people are not fond of the gay, and the gay. we've we've the had, gay. <laughs> there have been some stories in the news this week. Like there's this one pastor who said that we would have an AIDS-free Christmas if we killed all the gays. <laughs> yes, but this okay. Hold on. <laughs> This guy is known for being, um... Nucking fucks? Yeah, I was going to say off of his rocker. Just like the uh, semen in Starbucks pastor in New York? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, here's the thing, though. He... I don't understand why the police didn't arrest him for this. Because he basically said, go out and kill the gays. Yeah. If you want an AIDS-free Christmas, go out and kill them. This is incitation of violence. <laughs> this is as close to yelling fire in a crowded theater. Or theater in a crowded firehouse. Yes, exactly. Nice try to diffuse the, the angst of the situation of killing gays, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not so good. No, you know. but uh, on, on, the, on one plus side, Scott Lively, who was the guy who did the anti-gay propaganda in yeah uh, he's being held he's his well, feet he's, are being held to the fire yeah he's not being he well he has a lawsuit against him of for crimes against, against humanity. humanity so but he's free to walk around and still well, spout out i the hate crap to say this yeah. so are cheney and bush after today's report that came yeah. out that's a so. whole nother <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I wanted to talk about a meeting that happened last week, because back in 1983, when the country was in the grips of the first waves of the HIV AIDS crisis. Which was then called GRID. Yes, exactly. We didn't, just by the fact yeah. that we called it gay-related um, immune deficiency, immune de- deficiency or yeah. it was also just called gay cancer or even before that. Right. Well, it's because it usually brought on Ewing sarcoma. Yeah. So I had no idea. Back then, <laughs> it was rising quickly. It was being transmitted quickly. There wasn't a lot known about it. So in 1983, the FDA uh, enacted a rule that said that any man who had had sex with another man Ever. Since 1997. Okay. So if you had a sex with a man in 1976, the year I was born, um, then, which is kind of weird to think of, then you could ha- you could donate blood. But ever since 1977, not so much. So that's, what, 31 years worth of a ban from 83 now to 2014. And we've learned a lot since then about how AIDS gets transmitted. We've been able to knock down it so it is a lot more manageable disease. And even though there's still a lot of transmissions, for example, there are approximately 50,000 new cases of HIV every year, give or take a few thousand. The rate of infection has not gone down, but it also has not skyrocketed back up like it was back in the 80s. Well, 
So over the last few years, like way back in 2006, several organizations like the Red Cross, the American Association of Blood Banks, and the America's Blood Centers all came out opposing this essentially lifetime ban for all gay men giving blood. Because, well, we know much more about it, and also we can test blood a lot more reliably. Mm -hmm. Back in November of 2014... Um, the Health and Human Services Advisory Committee on Blood and Tissue Safety and Availability, which also has a really horrible acronym, the HHS ACOBTSA. Maybe she's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> they voted 16 to 2 to advise that the essentially lifetime ban on gay men or males having sex with males, MSM is what they term it. They were proposing that we knock that down to one year of celibacy for gay males, which is a, a big hurdle to to pass. But at least it's a big difference. You than know what? A year, I don't a see it. Ban. I don't see it because. OK, I, a, I, I'm, I, I agree with you, but it's we a can test and have answers almost immediately. OK, the reason that we stopped banning it was because in your or the original reason that it was pressed to stop gay males from giving blood was the fact that the test was unreliable time consuming and expensive yeah now all we have, of those have been knocked off now okay? we have mobile testing centers you can get answers within Within the day, definitely. And accurate answers, answers, which is yeah. a different problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, originally when they went for the ban, there was a lot of questions as to, because basically they said, we don't want to test. That was why the ban got enacted, was we can't afford to test. And this was after somebody who was very, very rich, who had open heart surgery, got AIDS from surgery, from donation yeah. of bad blood. Right. Back in 83, it was relatively reasonable. It was also a ban for anybody who had had sex with another male in the last six years. Right. Not in the last 37 years. But additionally, the rates for males who have sex with males in committed relationships with annual testing, which a lot of them do, the theirs has actually gone down. Yeah, in the in the gay community the male gay community, they still have the largest percentage of the infection, new infections every year, but that's actually flipped to more the younger gay male population and also more like African-American gay males. It's much more segmented as opposed to the monogamous long-term relationship gay males. Right. Well, younger males didn't grow up with that specter of AIDS. Yeah. They really didn't. They didn't hear the words, don't let me die of red tape. Mm-hmm. And now we have, as Gary mentioned, much more accurate tests because they are testing for several antibody markers for HIV. And uh, there's two types of HIV, HIV-1 and HIV-2. Most of what is tested for is HIV-1 because HIV-2 is mostly in the African areas. Right. But they do test for all those markers of the, the the antigens for that, and also they test for the HIV RNA, which may just be floating around in the blood. And the combination of all those markers, because I think it's the antigens 
show up maybe as many as three weeks after infection, but the RNA can be detected within seven to 11 days. So we know usually if, if someone is getting regularly tested, they could know within a month of infection that yes, they are infected or no, they're not. Right. And so this is why I don't understand not allowing people who have been tested who continue to be tested just because they have sex with a guy. Yeah. This, I don't necessarily see that. Sure, as, as long as there's documentation. Right. Yeah. A, lo there, there. There are oh, a lot yeah. of organizations like the National Gay Blood Drive, whose spokesman said something along the lines of, this is kind of a step in the right direction, just like Don't Ask, Don't Tell was a step in the right direction. So baby steps are still good. If as long as there's steps in the right, right direction, because we do know more and there are things like Australia already has this policy of a one year moratorium and it's been working for them. But last Tuesday on December 2nd, the FDA blood products advisory panel met and they're about 17 or 20 member panel. There's an actual thing called the uh, blood advisory panel, blood products advisory panel. Yes. BPAP. <laughs> Much better acronym. Um, they met to basically over this and get comments from people like that National Gay Blood Drive spokesperson that I mentioned earlier. I hope they didn't have too much from like Focus in the Family type folks or the Liberty Institute, which are basically full on anti-gay, but that's another thing entirely. But it seemed that the majority of this panel was not convinced by the science, by the organizations like the American Red Cross or any of that. Because they ended their meeting without even voting right. on whether or not to remove this. And a lot of them were talking along things like, oh, there's not enough research. Or there are people like Dr. Susan Leitman, who's apparently on this panel, who said, if I look at the science, I would be very wary of a one-year deferral. It sounds to me like we're talking about policy and civil rights rather than our primary duty, which is transfusion safety. But it sounds but like... But if you have the science and the science can detect it, guess what? You are talking about yeah. transfusion safety. Yeah, so it's there's it, it basically met the idea of reducing this essentially lifetime ban down to a one-year ban, which still for any male that's in a monogamous committed relationship with another male is still a lifetime ban because right. you're not going to wait a well, year. Well, here's, here's a quote. For from someone a, you're married here's to. Here's a yeah. very good quote from a good friend of mine. Health and human services suggest gay men who have been abstinent for a year can give blood. News is making it out like it's some sort of breakthrough, except that it's not. Quote, you can give blood as long as you deny your sexuality year in and year out. Yeah. That's that's it. We have the science. The, the basic assumption that is underlying all this by keeping it because maybe back in 83, when this started, it made sense. We didn't know as much and it was exploding in the gay community. But nowadays, 30 years later, it just assumes that all gay men are tainted and yeah. that somehow women have magical HIV shooting down vaginas, <laughs> just like they shoot down rape sperm or something with lasers that women can't get HIV or something like that. And, and from what I saw in the statistics, approximately 20% of those 50,000 new cases a year are women, but we're not banning women. I mean, we're banning women who have had sex with a gay male 
since 1977. But the hypocrisy of saying that one of the other regulations that is on blood giving is if you have had sex with a prostitute within a year, you can't give blood. But after a year, you're fine. Right. So anybody who's had sex with a, a female prostitute, you can donate after a year. A male prostitute? Nope. Nope. Never. Never. It, well, <laughs> but you're also at this time, you're having Michigan pass a law, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which basically says that EMTs and pharmacists, if they don't want to serve a gay person, they don't have to. Yeah. And and that's why Plano, Texas just announced that they, despite fights from like Liberty Institute and those kind of people, they're enacting a... Um, a non-discrimination ordinance. Yes. So Good all these kind of things of the, the Michigan right to discriminate, even like the Arizona right to discriminate kind of thing that happened a year or two ago, or the big... Gay, the pastor who says kill all the gays or something it it shows a prevalence of that kind of attitude of gay males are tainted and they are evil things yeah so we they're they're untouchable well i highly recommend if you haven't read or seen it find the book and the band played on or even watch just watch the movie. movie it was a great hbo movie in the mm -hmm. early 90s about the history of and the discovery of AIDS in America. And it is a fantastic movie if you want to just learn the basics of the history and basically how we fucked it up. Is it better than Rent? Probably. It doesn't have show tunes. <laughs> or is it better than Lease? <laughs> it doesn't have show tunes. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. No. But it does have some rock and roll in it. No. So, long story short, if you can donate blood, do it so you can save some lives and then write your senator or something saying, hey, let's come remind those yeah. FDA people that gay people are not, you know, disease ridden filth yeah. and are people too. Well, like, I mean, I, I know somebody who got a lifetime ban because he had a false positive early on in the AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. He had a false positive. So it's yeah. one of those, have you ever tested positive for Right, X, and they y, keep Z. that information. So every time that he's actually tried to give blood since, they're all like, nope, can't take your spike. Yeah. yeah, my mom had the same thing. See. And I, I, I don't even know if I've said that on other... No. <laughs> Do you want us to edit that out? No, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So How is that funny? Okay. Do tell. Hey, well, it's not so much that particular thing that was funny. <laughs> it's what happened after... Um, so my mom was one of the people, God, yeah, 80s, uh, mid-80s. She put together the blood drive for the church, the Lutheran church that we went to. And uh, <laughs> she, and of course, they, that's when they first started doing the testing, and they weren't particularly uh, reasonable, uh, or, or accurate, rather, reasonable, accurate. So my mom is the typical mom. You know, she's June Cleaver type person, right? <laughs> So they uh, called her into a room and separated her from, from her friends, started asking her questions and didn't explain why. They That's just asking, always fun. Uh, how many sexual partners do you have in the year? <laughs> uh, I just imagine asking June Cleaver this. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, okay. Do you do? I'm just, because you've talked about your upraising and being yeah. raised in a very Lutheran household. Right. And, and and I'm just imagining some nurse pulling your mom, going, 
Maya, we need yeah. to speak to you in this private exactly. room. <laughs> and her looking at you going, so, how many penises have you diddled lately? <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, so so my mom's telling us, and she's getting really worked up, okay? And, and at this time, uh, we were all at college, so it must have been 88. And I, I, I had come back, well, my brother's come back from college, and so we're, we're sitting there, and my mom's just explaining this, and she's getting really worked. She's really upset, as well as she should be. Yeah, and, and they asked me, how many, do, do I do drugs? Do I do drugs? How many do drugs? How many sexual partners do I have? Have I had homosexual sex? And ha when was the last time that, had I ever traveled to uh, sub-Saharan Africa? <laughs> I could just hear your mom going, they asked if I ate coot. <laughs> they had this whole checklist. Did I toss anyone's salad? Right. Did, <laughs> and, and so, and, Did I reverse cowgirl another cowgirl? <laughs> And so I'm, I'm starting to laugh, and she's like, and it turns out that I, did, I was falsely uh, identified as having a specific form of AIDS that comes from South uh, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. And I'm just <laughs> laughing my ass off. I'm like, well, at least we know where I got my rhythm. <laughs> now, and I'm pissed off. Now, my brothers, of course, we're, we start laughing. So we start riffing on this because it's, it's, we know that there's no way that my mom has AIDS. Mm -hmm. All right. it's, it's, it's I'm just, just, I'm just, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was racist. So, so we're doing that. And then uh, my, my middle brother's wife is from South Africa. Okay. She's white, but she's, you know, British. Right. And the whole thing. And so she comes in and so we, we, she starts telling the story and, and she starts, she's very proper, uh, my, my brother's wife. Your sister-in-law? Sister-in-law, thank you. <laughs> and so she's like, oh dear, oh dear. And she meant to say Mrs. Lawn, but she goes, Mrs. AIDS. <laughs> Which sounds on a whole nother tangent, so... <laughs> But yeah, my, I don't think I don't think that she can give blood anymore. Yeah, uh, because she falsely uh, identified as positive. Identified as positive, yeah. So I know she's she as far at that time she'd never been out of the country. A little bit later, they went to England and, and stuff. But right, and has <laughs> could conceivably have had hundreds and upon hundreds of negative tests since then. Yeah. that are way more accurate. Absolutely. So so they should change. Yeah. You know, if you don't. You so. you could even say, like, I think even maybe a month ban or something could possibly be reasonable because it takes a couple weeks for something to show up in a blood test. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when I came back from the Middle East, I couldn't give for a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that... that tattoos are the same thing. Yeah. If you get a tattoo, you can't give for a year. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's reasonable. But I you, think. But, okay, but you mm -hmm. can't say that someone in a monogamous relationship saying that they can't have sex for a year, that that's completely unreasonable. Like, not people aren't having tattoos or ear piercings every single day where people have sex on a daily basis. Yeah. So, it, I mean... There, but at the same time, if you really want to give blood, you don't have to tell them that you're having sex. <laughs> that's the unfortunate part that I, I've heard a lot of gay males just flat out lie. Sure. Yeah. And but if they're getting tested, and they know. I mean, that, and yeah. that's the thing. If if you if you know that you're you're safe because of testing in your monogamous relationship, and it's the same thing with heterosexuals. Right. Maybe you're dating somebody exactly. with a disease or whatever. But if because you know, then there's. 
there there should be some some like question of all right, yeah. when was the last time you were tested for STDs, yeah. including AIDS? Because yeah. on the blood panels that they do on on for for the blood, you know, they take out the little extra vial. They test you for everything from the what is the the they test you for drugs. They test you for other STDs. They they test you for. A shit ton of things. Yeah, there's herpes, uh, and, Chagas and disease, hepatitis A, B, C, D, uh, and F, lymphotic syphilis virus, West Nile virus, all that kind of stuff. They test for it, and we're pretty good for it. But we're not saying that you can never donate, right? And and there's 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 a happy medium, and there's, I mean, unfortunately, you have to protect against people who are just downright idiots or assholes. Well, and that can happen, and that yeah. that has happened in the past, where uh, someone. Well, you see it all the time with people are getting revenge on somebody, revenge sex, yeah. and so they yeah. go, yeah. So I mean, this is hardly different. If you're really mm. uh, psychopathic, you go out and do something, know you're infected, and give blood, right? Yeah. Or, but at the same time, if they're really psychopathic, they're a lot more likely to just stick themselves with a needle and then stick someone else with well, that needle. Yeah. But but also, this quote, you know, a monogamous relationship. As we just learned. <laughs> With the Richard the Third story. Richard the Third, thank you. <laughs> Monogamy, not so important to straight couples either. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's like as if straight couples aren't using a condom and they're also non-monogamous, they still can donate, donate blood the- pretty much any time. Right. So. so as, as, but those are the people who are in open non-monogamous relationships were a heck of a lot more likely to be tested and responsible. Right. I think that if you are a gay couple practicing safe sex through use of condoms, testing, the whole thing you're... And don't have the letter Q in your name. (laughs) What? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) It doesn't mean anything. I'm going to talk to Donna now. (laughs) She was just listing off a whole bunch of stuff. I thought there were my own demands. <laughs> okay. I demand a plane to Cuba. A monster truck. And no one with a Q in their name can give blood for five years. That's right. But. Uh, Except for Quincy these, Jones. These puritanical Victorian-esque. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, we can't talk about sex. And God forbid somebody's penis should be diddling an anus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and and, and I, wait, can you diddle an anus? I don't. Not with. I don't think a penis. You can will do a lot of anus. things to an anus. Yeah, but I don't I think a penis can diddle an anus. I don't think that's the way that works. Fingers can diddle an anus. <laughs> What's the difference there? I don't know, Gary. You but clearly have right. not lived think, a full and rich life. <laughs> what? No, I'm just talking about friend. terminology here. <laughs> Listeners, no, if you I know that an anus can be diddled, write in. No, Gary that at skeptiquire.com. I, I didn't say an anus can't be diddled. I said I said a penis cannot diddle an anus. I don't think a penis can diddle a, a vagina either. What's your penises di- do not diddle? What's your definition of diddle? <laughs> What's your definition of diddle? It is it is inherent uh, inherent in the uh, the the penis that it does not diddle. It, it, uh, diddling is inherently non. Penis like. Okay, but what's your <laughs> definition of diddle? I don't know. I yet. think it's more like a scratch. You're moving the goalposts like we're trying to argue not. with a creationist. I, I have not moved the goalposts. No, you a... won't define your terms. That's different than moving the goalposts. Do not accuse <laughs> me of fallacies that I am not doing. Right. Because <laughs> a fallacy I... can diddle an anus. 
Yes. <laughs> we have another turn. A fallacy can diddle Uranus. Fallaciously, no, no less. <laughs> but only with Felicia Day. I think oh. that she might get really upset with us on that I one. Was, it was going with the, the homonyms of words, and I killed the conversation. You did. Again. You did. You did. Sorry. Sorry, Felicia. We love you. Oh, like she's listening to us. <laughs> hey, yeah. you never know. There is somebody famous who does listen to us. Richard? Besides which, Richard. Which Richard? <laughs> Richard, Richard. I know. <laughs> we only have one listener named Richard. <laughs> Sometimes I think we only have one listener. <laughs> and you just piss him off. <laughs> or her. Or yeah, we have somebody who did one of our commercials for us that yeah. listens yeah. to us on a regular basis. Or did at one point. <laughs> no, he still does. <laughs> wow. Masochist. I know. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> All right. So are we are we done with that? Yeah, I, th I think we've learned a lot this I week. Think, I think we have. We haven't learned what the def what Gary's definition of diddle, diddle is no. yet. No. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to work on. I just don't think that peni can can diddle. Can diddle and yeah, yeah. and and maybe a size thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know right, what? The, I'm, the dictionary I'm definition of diddle from the web is um, to cheat or swindle or uh, to pass time aimlessly or unproductively. I'm going to argue that the penis can diddle. It can cheat, it can swindle, and it can pass time aimlessly. No, I don't I don't think that this is the term diddling that we are using. Urban Dictionary does refer to it as the f act of female masturbation. Ah, see, now that's... So a penis can female masturbate a vagina. A vagina. No, you know what? I'm going to make the argument that it's... Okay. Male okay, no, wait, versus female stop. masturbation. Okay, wait, I it's just of... a matter of geography. And since we all have an anus, therefore, no, it's no, no. I, I don't, a, because a penis I, can diddle I, an I, anus. I, diddling to me has, has more to do with fingers. And for some reason, this sound. <laughs> so unless you have a very loose anus, I don't think, I think you've been doing do it wrong, that. Gary. <laughs> Well, my point was, if a Did female you know? is masturbating, and that's called a diddle, if a female is masturbating with a dildo, that would be a diddle, dild, a diddle, still, because it's female masturbation, and, and a dildo can go in the butt, so a dildo can diddle a butt, therefore, diddle can be done to an anus. And if she plays the cello, and she's using a, uh, bow. a, a, thing, a bow, it would be a bow diddle. I'm just having really bad <laughs> things thinking of hey diddle diddle the cat <laughs> the cow jumped over the moon yes well that changes my whole childhood <laughs> well that's what the hokey pokey was really all about so do you think they were diddling and then they were playing like leapfrog probably <laughs> and then someone got stuck while jumping over the other person and and diddling. diddling. <laughs> All and right, then, so what did we learn this week? <laughs> we learned that my entire childhood is now ruined. Yay! Uh, Thank yay. you, Skeptic Wire! <laughs> we learned that space is cool and a whole lot of missions are coming to fruition at a year near you. That is a hell of a sentence to say. 
<laughs> I'm l- glad you typed out th- that <laughs> yeah, ahead of time. Exactly. We learned that the royals got around, and maybe you'll never be royal, but you may just be. <laughs> ah! Oh, he made a pop culture reference! I did. We learned that we've learned a lot of things, and things have changed, and therefore things should change. <laughs> About blood donate, yeah. About okay, blood donate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not about killing people so you can have yeah. an AIDS-free Christmas. No. And, and Although, uh, we we didn't quite learn it, but I wrote this out earlier because I thought we were going to talk about it. Scott Lively may be learning to step lively as he may be facing crimes against humanity Maybe. charges. Note, these are not card against humanity charges, <laughs> although he may have a card that reads, quote, Scott Lively was merely a misunderstood mass-murdering bigot who hid behind his religion in order to cast suspicion away from his own latent homosexuality, end quote. Oh, wait, there's no blank to fill. Oh, ass clown. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I would have said. Had we talked about Scott Lively, but we didn't. So, we lightly touched on him, which could we, be a... We sort yeah. We sort we of around the No, we diddled, we diddled our little finger on him. Not the whole hand. <laughs> Alright, uh, so thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Donna and Greg. Thank you, Greg and Gary. Thank you, Gary and Donna. And thank you, Bo Diddly. Bo Diddly? Bo Diddly. Bo Diddly, Bo Diddly. Bo Diddly-liciously? Bo diddly Just remember from the Skeptic Wire, if you're going to diddle someone, ask first. And, and wear a condom. So would then the penis be a scrum diddlyacious bar? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is ruining everybody's childhood now. Wow, gives a whole good. new meaning to the snozberries. Tastes like snozberries. Snozberries are though. Snozberries are uh, dingleberries. Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, he he wrote about it in a previous book, and apparently there's actually there's something more around the penal area. Smegma. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. <laughs> he he was not as um what do we call it? Kid friendly. <laughs> yes. Well he killed nearly all the kids anyway. And clearly neither are we. <laughs> Alright. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you in two weeks, uh which will be our Christmas episode. So be prepared, boys and girls, <laughs> because Gary, Greg, and Donna are going to tell you a story. <laughs> okay, sure. Maybe even Santa will show show up. up. Bling, 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 bling. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by... End it on a high note. Always a good way to go. Yes, learning the definition of diddle. (laughs) Or arguing over the definition of diddle. That's probably more what we did. I think we did. It's We've so- now definitively defined the diddle. Yeah. See, I, I, I think you can diddle an ass. I just don't think the penis can diddle an ass. I'm making the argument that the penis being a, um, at times, firm structure, such as a finger, therefore it can diddle an asshole. See, I it just might I, take a little bit more I don't think exercise the in your The firmness has nothing region. to do with it. I don't think the firmness. In fact, I would think that a flaccid penis could be more could do more diddling. So diddling. you think it's more in the dexterity of the object? Not, not no, because I just see it with I, I just the see wiggliness. It with, with wiggliness. Yes, finger fingery wiggliness. So They're, a jelly. But trust me, a competent wielder of the penis can get certain. How shall we say hip dexterity to wiggle I the penis? I know that, but it's not the penis. It's 
I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to disagree with you. That's right. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't, okay. I take, the, no, okay. Now, unfortunately, I have this horrible visual in my brain. And now, yes. Okay. I can see how a penis might be able to diddle. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but I understand because it can happen. What you're saying, though, is you say, your penis doesn't diddle, it just ramps. Is that what you're saying? No. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> you're sounding like your penis just doesn't have any fun. Well, not recently. <laughs> He's single, ladies. <laughs> and you're still recording, aren't you? Yes, he is. <laughs> and that's good at the end. <laughs> Donna and Gary argue over, continue to argue over the definition of diddle. But we came to a conclusion. We did. We, we convinced Gary of of our diddle attitude. I, I am not unreasonable. <laughs> By Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Yep, so maybe some other time we'll do something on Oprah, but this time it's Chopra! Okay. Alright, so we've got 16 total here, just to give gonorrhea... Gonorrhea? Wow, fuck you. (laughs) Well, it was a combination of Gary and Donna, so... So now we're gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gary and Donna. (laughs) Donna. Are you sure it wasn't the...